Hey, Distillers, real quick before we get started, as you may have guessed from the title of this episode, we are watching Joker this week. Uh, we do dive into mental health and abuse as well as some other touchy topics, so if this is something that's triggering for you, we do recommend maybe skipping this one. Uh, if you choose to listen beyond here, please sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Your story Welcome to the Memory Distillery, everyone. I'm Anthony Verneri. And I'm John Deck. And each week, we will malt, mash, ferment, and distill our way through the spirits of our past in the form of long-loved movies. The spirits of our past? Hmm. I think we can. I think we might play around with that a bit. What do you think? I think maybe we will, because the past is a very malleable thing. Yeah. Uh, we're going to shake things up a little bit this week, I think, folks. Oh, boy. Put on a happy face, because <laughs> we are watching Joker from 2019, directed by Todd Phillips. The the very famed and, and sometimes even uh, you know uh, poorly regarded, in some senses, uh, Joker movie, Oscar winner from last year, uh, John... Let's tell the audience a little bit about why we're doing this. I think maybe we should just leap into our feelings about the movie itself. Sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, we don't really have many, right? Because oh, no, wait, neither wait, of us have watched this. Wait, wait, wait. So what you're saying is that on this podcast in which we revisit movies from our past and see if they hold up, we're both watching a movie neither of us has ever seen before. Well, that's just crazy. It is crazy talk. No, no podcast does this. Now, it's just crazy, though, just crazy enough in my work, because um, <laughs> just in, in talking about what what makes a modern classic, what makes a movie that 10, 20, 30 years from now, people might look back on and say, yeah, remember when that was such a huge movie? I wonder if I watch it now, would it still stand up like that whole thing? Like thinking forward, like we kind of wanted to examine that with a movie that neither of us even have a chance to see so we have completely totally fresh take on what were happening now from my vantage point from the very beginning i was just not interested in this movie um number one because i'm a bit of a you know comic book nerd and hearing from the the start oh joker it's like okay we haven't seen like 420 different versions of joker already why why are we why like what's the point why are we doing this that was one one reaction and then on top of that as they started to talk about the movie they were saying you know we don't really want this to be a comic book movie we don't really want to go into any tie-in or backstory to the whole dc universe we just kind of want we just kind of want to tell our story about just some some guy who you know that you know, and make it more of a character driven movie that really has no tie to that whole thing and like and that just struck me as okay well why does it have to be the Joker then and not something else? And it, I got just kind of a bit like, ugh, like this things annoy me and all the publicity around it. It just drove me. <laughs> it drove me away. Well, and not only does it not have any strong ties to the, the original Joker story or to the overall DC universe, it's a completely unique and new story it was never written in a comic book this is yeah. a, like they, they they made this from whole cloth and like that's that, that's sort of what it kind of 
wrote in on. Oh, was, is that how you okay. pronounce? I thought it was pronounced Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, did I? Oh no, I think maybe we're talking whole, whole about cloth. That memory. Whole, whole cloth Phoenix. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and Robert Robert De Niro uh, are in this movie. Uh, you, oh, you might know him as Robert De Niro. Sorry, I was using a more European uh, uh, pronunciation. No, but no, I, they. Th- this is a completely fabricated uh, story of the Joker. So, and, and I think that might be part of why it drew some ire from, especially from sort of the the tried and true uh, comic book fans. Uh, so really what we're looking for here though, everyone is not just, is this a good movie? Because you could classify lots of things as a good movie, uh, but does this movie have sort of the legs on it to go the distance? And like John said, 10 or 15 or 20 or 30 years from now still be a renowned favorite, or is this just going to sort of fade into obscurity? Like so many Oscar winners do because Oscar, when you look at an Oscar winner, it's, you know, it's the favorite of the year, right? What we're looking at is is the longevity. Like, is this going to stay a favorite it, down the line? So that's I think that's kind of what we're going for this episode. So, uh, John, what do you say we go and find out how good Joker actually is? I think that's a swell idea. So do I. So what we're going to do here is we're going to pause just like we do on any other episode. We're going to go watch this movie. And when we come back, we are going to talk Joker. John, are you ready? Uh, I sure am. I think uh, just as a side note, it's available on HBO now right now. Oh, Uh, right. You know, just doing your job for you. It's no big deal. uh, Thanks. Yeah. That's why you get the big bucks. Exactly. um, I'm ready to go check that right now. Let's do it. And we're back, everyone. Uh, so much to talk about with this. Uh, I was. It, it was a little weird doing this because, as most of you know, if you follow our show at all, like our format is, it's a show that we or it's a movie that we've watched before in most cases. And in this case, uh, we took a, a pretty sharp left turn. So I'm I'm kind of coming into this without much to compare it to. Uh, but still so, so much to say. Uh, what do you say we jump right into it, John? Yeah, I mean, I'd say for me, I feel like this could almost be broken up into many different types of thoughts because I have the, what do I think about this movie within the context of the DC Batman universe? Mm-hmm. I have, what do I think about this movie? Just just as a movie, just on its own merits, just as its own standalone movie. I have the idea of how do I think about this in terms of will it stand the test of time and be a classic, you know, looking back on 10, 20, 30 years from now and saying, oh, it's it's really amazing, great movie and all that stuff. And then there's just like little bits and pieces of good or bad things left or right, you know, and all that mix. So, I mean, take your pick. Where do you want to start off? Well, I, actually, I'd like to start off, if we can, uh, with the the sort of DC Universe uh, corollaries. So that's where I think that this movie is at its most enjoyable. Um, there's there's a lot to this movie that is independent of DC and, and the Joker character and things like that. Like, we don't even really get to see Joker until like 20 minutes before the movie's over. So, uh, oh, by the way, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. There's movies. This 
podcast will be full of spoilers. Yeah. If you have not seen the movie and you don't want spoilers, turn it off now. Uh, and then come back and listen to it later because we love you still. Uh, so, yeah, we don't get to see Joker until, you know, 20 minutes left in the movie. So what we see is a lot of bits and pieces that are sort of cobbled together from it's kind of an amalgamation of the the minds of Todd Phillips and Scott Silver along with sort of greater DC lore kind of interspersed and mixed in like we get you know Thomas Wayne and we get just an inkling of Bruce Wayne and Alfred and Gotham is heavily mentioned because that's obviously that's where it takes place and we get to see Arkham State Hospital and things like that but everything else is just sort of like here's here's Arthur's life and this is what Arthur experiences in his life and we we can talk about that piece of it too uh and, and sort of the deeper parts of that but I, I think that where I found the most joy in this movie was the sort of DC calls well um I have to you know state the disclaimer that I've kind of been kind of been just a bit of a a fan of Batman for the majority of my life. Um, reading the comics when I was younger, the ups and downs throughout the different movies, I have pretty strong opinions about everything Batman related. Um, I'm not a fanboy, so to speak. I, I definitely see weaknesses and I don't think anything that has to do with Batman's great by any stretch. Um, but I, at, at the core, I've, I've always enjoyed that character and the universe and the rogues gallery of villains and all that good stuff. Um, I'll say from this movie, from my perspective, the things that touched and played with, with the DC universe may have been a bit of brighter spots in terms of the tone of the movie. Um, to give you some connection points, making go, oh yeah, I see, and you like you're you're seeing these little things here and there. But I think, as far as the character of the Joker, I kind of think it's just hot garbage. Um, like I, <laughs> I, I just this is not talking about an actor's portrayal. This is talking about the portrayal of the character of the Joker. It's just it's just garbage. It's nothing. Um, it's just some trash that was left out in the sun and smells funny now. And the reason I say that is because this, this was not a movie about the character of the Joker. It was an excuse. They use Joker to sell tickets. They use Joker to sell it to the studios. They said, oh, this is a hot thing, blah, 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 on and on. Like they, it was just a framework that they built, but the, the idea of, the Joker still, I feel you look at Jack Nicholson and Heath Ledger and they like, they captured bits of that, that maniacal glee to the chaos. Whereas in this portrayal, that's the way this was written and everything out here, this is a, you know, a story of, you know, mental illness and not of someone who, you know, the, the laughter being a compulsion of, of, you know, doesn't even you know he doesn't even want happening um that that fighting everything and maybe because it's an origin story you could say well that comes later and stuff like that okay maybe you know it may not be the worst thing that's ever been created (laughs) um but 
I'm not even saying that they should have followed a script and made sure that this was based upon the comics and, and it doesn't have to be the exact Joker we've always seen in every comic book and stuff. I'm willing to give some leeway in that regard as well. But I think it was the the such a dark tone in the movie um, that from a Batman Rose Gallery perspective, like I always and kind of enjoy a bit of fun in that mix with with the the murder and mayhem and everything else that goes on and this just wasn't fun uh in that regard this was yeah go ahead it it really wasn't like much of this movie and uh, i'm I'm gonna get well i'll try not to get too heavy but much of this movie relies upon you understanding that um that arthur fleck has a mental illness uh, and and perhaps multiple mental illnesses right. and he it, it, much of his world as as with anyone with any illness mental or physical much of his world is is formed and controlled through that mental illness and what we are forced to do as an audience because in in, in past iterations of the joker we either have an established joker who comes in and is this, you know, this maniac, or we get the bits and pieces of an origin story, but we're not forced to stare down the barrel of his mania or his, his, his depression or his mental illness, whatever form that may take. And that I think makes the audience, at least in my case, uncomfortable. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm sitting here for two hours watching a man go through the 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 ups and downs of his life with this lens of mental illness and i almost get a a sense of like remember how we watched uh american psycho yes, I and, was, and, yeah i was gonna get into that <laughs> and and we can we can get deeper still but ultimately like, i'm you're left asking yourself like how much of this movie is real and how much of it is in Arthur's mind. And even at the end, I'm going, how did, did Arthur really shoot Murray? Did he, you know, was this, uh, uh, all just sort of a figment of his imagination? Is he really running around dressed like a clown? Did he kill the wall street guys? Like how much of this is real? And I'm, I'm, (sighs) yeah. Let me all all yeah go, go ahead. Let me Sorry. tag in here because there's a lot to say and we're going to probably do this a lot back and forth. But <laughs> okay, so we we've transitioned then. We we've gone from whether or not this was a good movie in the DC Batman universe and stuff. You know, uh, I say no. You you're kind of in the middle ground on that. It's fine. That's fine. Let's let's move on. Now we're talking about this as just a, a movie in its own regard and um what's going on here in the themes and stuff like that and what you bring up with american psycho is is like the biggest problem i have with this movie as a whole and probably the reason why overall i just didn't like it in spoiler alert um is that (laughs) you get to the end and i i feel like this is just weak storytelling because 
you if you're going to make a stand and do something a little controversial and, and try to make it, you know, a real statement about mental illness, you can't just at the end say, yeah, but if you don't like it, it wasn't really real. It's all just a, it's just a joke. It didn't really happen. It's just it's no big deal. It's in his head. Or maybe not. Maybe it's, it's real. Maybe part of it's real. Maybe it's not. We don't have to tell you. It's not like we're trying to tell you a story or anything. It's like, yeah, that's your only job is to tell a story. And at the end, you just went, oops, I forgot to put a period at the end of the sentence. Who knows what's going to what it means? Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, so, yeah, um, and just like American Psycho, this was even more blatant in your face. Like, oh, by the way, none of that really happened. And like and then so even the, the very, very, you know, last scene of him walking down the hallway, leaving bloody footprints and getting chased by an orderly. That might not be really either. That could just be some imagination still. Like, none of this is real. Nothing matters. We can't trust anything. So I can't take this movie seriously. Even about, I mean, it has themes and it presents things. And yeah, maybe it makes um, some points and tries to get you to think and feel and, and have sympathies and stuff like that. And and some of, the, some of those regards that were, you know, well-acted, good intention things going on. But it's like... There was no real commitment to something of substance by making it so completely open-ended, not a real thing. And that really bothered me. Yeah, and I I think it bothered me too. And I I almost wonder if this movie hadn't been about the Joker. Right. If this hadn't been a Joker origin story. And had it been, you know, just Arthur Fleck and he's... He's got this, you know, he's got all this shit going on and he becomes this villain, whether willingly or unwillingly. And he's called the smoker because he smokes a lot. Um, and he goes on to the Mad Smoker Franklin show, the Mad Smoker. And he goes on to the Murray Franklin show and he's trying to tell jokes and he gets pissed off and he says, you get what's coming to you and shoots Murray Franklin in the face and. Uh, and, and then walks off. Is this a better movie? If, well, it depends if, how it if ends. It's, if it's if it's independent of the Joker, and if it ends with a finality of yes, this did happen, and yes, or at least this part of it did happen. Maybe maybe parts of it were yeah. fabricated in, in in his own head, and parts of it weren't. Like you know, his his relationship with uh with Sophie is you know is is a figment of his imagination and his ties to the wayne family are uh, figments of of his his imagination see and that's his imagination and that's the other thing with with how it breaks down story-wise is that everything in this doesn't matter because you say if if we were dealing with just an unreliable narrator that certain points were his imagination like in the very beginning i have this feeling that the very beginning when they go to him being in the audience at the show and getting called up and all that once they establish that like we're living the part of the story is just living actively in his imagination i started to get a little worried about what how that might play out and it kind of followed what i would call the worst case scenario because now his whole relationship slash non-relationship uh with sophie like not only do we not know if there's anything to that whatsoever on any level or if, if he even lived near this woman or ever even saw her or she's totally made up in her mind the whole idea of like her encountering him having a breakdown like 
I just don't see this being how someone's internal monologue story would all play out. But maybe, hey, if you have active imagination, you can develop very long, complex stories that have like things that trail off and go in different directions. But that that whole like leaving it hanging, like what does he do to her at that point? Does he just leave? Does he kill her or do something horrible? Like it's like, okay, well, I can stop worrying about that because the whole thing's just fake and nothing matters. Like that's like that's how I react when you have an ending like this. It just makes me go every interaction, everything in here, like maybe this was based on something that happened to him in real life. Maybe elements of this he's pulling from to tell the story to this psychiatrist, whoever he's talking to at the end, the nurse or whoever this you know person is. Maybe it's a lot of maybes, and and in a movie like this, um, to your point, the things you were saying, whether whether it's Joker or not, I, I feel like it would be a better movie if they had chosen some element of like landing firm, and that it's okay if certain aspects are a bit up in the air and certain things are a bit shady, but when you just try to take the very last, you know, the end scene and do the whole twist. M. Night Shyamalan type of thing at the end, and, and you just go, oh, it was all a dream, or oh, it was all a story. It's like, yeah, uh, it's just, you lose me, and yes, it would absolutely be better if it didn't follow that path. Or or if it did follow that path, but you had, because one thing that, that filmmakers try to do that I've, I've noticed, especially with movies like Joker and American Psycho, is they, they don't make a clear delineation between what's real and what's fantasy in in the subject's mind or or what's real and what's you know uh, a, f- a figment of somebody's imagination whatever and you get to get to a point where either everything's real or nothing's real because leaving it to where every shot is the same but could be real or not the audience in, in the filmmaker's head, I know that they're going, oh, this is edgy and this is cool. But what's happening in the audience's head is they're going, I'm confused and I don't get it. And I don't know what's going on here. And I, I don't know what story I'm following. Am I following the story where Arthur Fleck is this clinically depressed, previously uh, committed person who is trying to get on his feet and, and take care of his mother and live his life? Or is is Arthur Fleck this guy who is maybe just a little down on his luck but things seem to be turning around for him and he's he's becoming this confident person we're left to to sort of decide that on our own and everybody's interpretation of that is going to be different and it's not fair to the audience to to, to make this movie an Oscar winner when that happens yeah um that's not to say that I think that this is a bad movie. I don't. I think that this is a good movie. I don't necessarily know that it's worthy of Oscars. Well, let's but... say, let's say this then, uh, like just because another segue. You you just said it about whether it's worthy of Oscars or not. It won two Oscars. Okay, so I'm going to say right now, best original score. I loved it. I thought that uh, Hilda Goodnight. I thought she wrote and had these haunting melodies, great cello, great little suspense moments like that ebbed and flowed with the, the mood of the movie. I'm all for that. Can, yes, can, absolutely. Can this movie win a best original score, even if I was mad and didn't like it overall? Sure. I think it's earned. It's great. I have zero problem with it. Joaquin Phoenix playing this role. Is he a good actor acting his brains out and doing this role? Yes. 
Um, he he definitely has a mesmerizing performance with elements that are just you know kind of phenomenal. Sometimes when actors just go this radical physical transformation route, getting into roles, it disturbs me a little bit. But hey, let's just take it for what it is. Is this? Is he at least should be in the discussion, you know, for being nominated best actor? Yes. Should he have won? Maybe, maybe not. But at least I don't feel so strongly that, oh, he never, this movie wasn't expected, so he shouldn't be recognized for acting. Like, that's a little bit more on the line. I don't, how do you feel? No. I, I so I, I feel the same way in those regards. I, I do think that the score to this movie was fantastic. It was it was gripping and it, it definitely helped to make the movie. And yes, I like Joaquin Phoenix as a rule. Like I just I think he's a very talented actor and I think that he does a really good job in most of the films that he's in. What I take umbrage with is the fact that this was in the running for best picture. Yeah. And it didn't win Best Picture, but it was in the running for it, and I didn't agree with that. I thought after watching this movie, I don't think that it was worthy of that. I think it was a good movie. I think that it's worth its salt, but I don't think at the end of the day that it should have been in the running in that huge pack for Best Picture. Yeah, I mean, I I one hundred percent agree. Uh, it definitely should not have been Best Picture or Best Director. There were several people left off the nomination list that I feel you know could have you know, would have been more deserving. Um, I think the two things it won for, uh, I'm, I'm fine with it being, yeah, they, nominated they were for. adequate wins. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. I'm, if, if, it, if he, if they had been nominated for two, uh, you know, uh, awards and it was just best actor and best score, but okay. So let's, I'm just going to go down the list real quick. Cinematography. Eh. Yeah, there was I mean, there were some, there was some cool shots. Yeah, there was some good stuff and nice gritty city settings and and like okay, all right, so uh, that could be in the running. It didn't win, but so okay, so just nominated. Okay, costume design. I mean, I, I did like the Joker costume. It was pretty. Good. Yeah, that's fine. But that's and, and like the the clothing. I think was was pretty. Actually, one thing that I did sort of notice because this seems to kind of take place in an amalgamation of like this. 50s 60s 70s 80s like it, you're never really sure what year it is in yeah black this and white movie. tvs and yeah and yeah but like you know 80s like taxi cabs like the the, the old caprices and stuff like yeah. that and then like the the clothing seemed to be very 70s 60, late 60s early 70s yeah. but the pants got me because <laughs> like you have these sort of these tops that are that very speak to very much speak to the 70s but the pants are all straight leg there's there's no like flared legs and i felt like that was out of place with the rest of the costume design is this a good time to point out to our listening audience that we're also co-starting a fashion podcast yep the, the, it's called the, the, it's... Mem- <laughs> the, the memory no uh, no no text text textilery i already got it i already got the name oh what the cuff Oh, what the cuff. That's great. <laughs> That's great. TM. Okay. So anyway, so yeah, a little bit a little bit confusing, but hey, you know, that to me fits a bit of the style of, of the movie as well, and that the movie is confusing, so the clothing could be too. And, and I changed my <laughs> mind. I'm not going to read all, or I'm not going to talk about these. Film editing, makeup and hairstyle. Makeup and hairstyle, come on. Like, this does not you know there are some really amazing makeup stuff going out out there and and hairstyling and this was just kind of like okay whatever 
music we already talked about the original score um but then mm-hmm. sound editing sound mixing i don't have a very strong opinion about that and then writing for a, an adapted screenplay that one pisses me off yeah like, because this isn't an adapted screenplay this is an original screenplay this is an original story but they're calling this, it adapted this, because of the source material based on character right the that's what source I'm saying. material the, the, the it, it begins and ends in source material with this takes place in gotham the wayne family exists and so does the joker and that's it the end so follow like this everything reasoning. else that's that's i have to talk about this again going back to the to the wayne family and all these things so like we're in theory we're in the mind of arthur right Right. I think the end scene is trying to tell us that at least this story, as it's told, is from him. It's a a story he's telling. We have no knowledge or way of knowing if all, any, or some of this was true. It's a story he's telling. But if it's all in his head, why is he, at this point in his life, putting such an emphasis in remembering you know the Wayne's like okay i'm getting it in the in the beginning part you know with his his mom supposedly and whether he's the his kid or not but then like i guess they kind of set it up that he has an emotional investment in that family because of all this turmoil and that's why he might notice it whether it was real or imaginary when they turn into the alley like how does he know that they got shot well i guess if he's telling the story he could tell it the way he wants but it just again it just was like a little bit like confusing and like how is there so much detail that may or may not be directly relevant relevant to a story if it's all just kind of made up but i don't know maybe i'm just i can just kind of move on from this because i could just go in circles about this for a while i I mean yeah we could spend a ton of time like trying to deconstruct uh, arthur's mindset and you know how he sort of parses fact from fiction and if he parses fact from fiction you know does he even have the capacity for that or, or the the you know, has he broken down so much mentally that he just can't anymore and everything is just sort of a, a hodgepodge of, of you know information let me read to you the synopsis for this movie that was like when they submitted the the movie for academy awards this is that little like two sentence or one yeah two sentence uh summary that they have In Gotham's fractured society, a young man longs to be a stand-up comic, but finds the joke is always on him. Caught in a cycle of apathy, cruelty, and ultimately betrayal, the comedian makes one bad decision after another, bringing about a chain reaction of escalating events. That's not what this movie is. No, not at all. That's not at all, and so... Uh, yeah and so there's just a number of ways that it presents itself of what it wants to be versus what it is and it's frustrating because i think in here there are some elements of a overall a kind of a good movie that to me get lost and turn it all on its head and i i you know like i said i I was not a fan it made me angry and not the good kind of angry where it just like stirs up emotions and stuff but like it, it just I'm angry that it had a certain kind of potential and whether if you take it out of the DC universe or whether you switch up the ending or all any of the little tweaks and things you make, this could have been a more meaningful movie that connected with me. It doesn't have to have an ending that resolves perfectly. I don't need a, a happy ending or even a, a definitive ending, but it has to be more than just a, 
Wink at the camera. Maybe it was all just a lie and a story. And I'm the Joker, so I'm a bit of chaos. <laughs> Wink. Well, and and you know, we, we I keep coming back to this idea of you know, this should either be a movie about mental illness or a movie about the Joker, and it shouldn't be both. Like, yeah, you could have elements of one, or I guess you could have elements of the mental illness piece in a Joker movie. Right. But to rely so much on it, it almost cheapens the mental illness element of it. Yeah. And and kind of like says, oh, well, you know, if if Arthur's capable of this with his, you know, whatever his ailments are, like, you know, everyone is. And, and like, that's, I feel like it, it, it does an injustice to that community. It does an injustice to the the fans of the DC universe and and the 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 rogues gallery and things like that. And it kind of leaves everyone going, "What the fuck?" And it and it has like and and directly tied to that, like these elements. If you're going to you know choose this dark, very dark tone, if you're going to choose. Uh, the elements of this that highlight the mental illness and all these different variables. And then you're going to be like, but don't worry. You know, we have a lot of threads here. There's a lot. We're not just saying mental illness is bad. We're not just saying this person is bad because he's mentally ill. We're going to make this layered and stuff. So let's have a, a somewhat sympathetic character with a complex mom relationship. And we're going to kind of then say that maybe the mom had mental illness. And it's like, okay, well, sometimes that's hereditary and that happens. Okay, this is interesting. And then it's like, oh, and then we reveal he was abused as a kid. And, like, it starts to hint, you know, developing a fuller picture. But then it kind of pulls back from that and says he may or may not have killed his mom. We don't know if that part was all in his head. Maybe he wanted to but didn't actually do it. Like, we 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 don't know, and so like the, again brings into question the validity of all of these feelings and all of this, you know, wh- who and what journey are we going on? What are we living this with him, or is it just any old story? Um, and so everything keeps coming back to that element for me. So I guess uh, if you've made it this far into the podcast, then you don't want to <laughs> hear me say it again. You probably should run away. I mean, but you you bring up all valid points. Like, there's nothing that you've said that's wrong, and even even from the laziness aspect, like we talked about, uh, uh, American Psycho already. The the scene, uh, where or scenes where Arthur's in his head and he's thinking about his mother in the hospital and and his times with Sophie and then she's not like Sophie's there and Sophie's not and Sophie's there and Sophie's not. And all I could think of was uh fight club. Well, yeah, and, because and they those, want, those... they like that stylistically and they're fine. imitating. That's it. great. You right. want to imitate. Absolutely. <laughs> but you're imitating everything instead of paying homage to a thing. Okay. And here I go it, again. It, it's, it's kind of <laughs> fucking pissing me off. You see, I, I went into this podcast <laughs> thinking, okay, maybe this movie's not so bad. And you fucking turned a corner on me here. That's what I do. Now, listen, because I mean, you brought it up again. So I feel like that validates me <laughs> complaining again. <laughs> so we have the story. Okay. Now get this, get this. The story is, is being told by Arthur who is in a, some kind of institution. We have no idea for how long. And in the story that he's telling, not only is he weaving a story, he's weaving a story about a story that didn't happen. And 
him realizing within the story of a story that the things he imagined didn't happen. Because that's all him telling that story. So within the construct of his story, he's telling the story of, of you know, encountering the, the woman who lives down the hall, getting into a relation, relationship with her, discovering that he's not actually in relationship with her, maybe. And like, so all these things are all layers of, of things within a story where, like, why, how, even if you're mentally ill and all over the place, to tell a story to someone to say, this is my life, but within it, constantly interrupt yourself to say, and I also discovered the things I just told you weren't actually real, and man, that was heartbreaking when I realized I was sitting alone by my mom's bedside in the hospital, and she wasn't there with me, and I had to construct it. It's like, that's not a thing. No. <sighs> <laughs> it's not. It's really not. You know, all of this... It sort of has me thinking about a fan theory that I read, not to, you know, jump too far off topic because it's not that far. But uh, I read this fan theory once about Bruce Wayne being uh, and, and all of his Batman persona and all of his, his interactions with the uh, the the villains of Gotham, he, he that he's actually an inmate at Arkham or a, a patient at Arkham and all of these villains are the people who are at Arkham with him and it's just a story that he's built in his head uh like Harlequin is Dr. Harley and Quinzel uh you know the Catwoman Selina Kyle is his nurse and the Joker's another patient who he hears chuckling every night and stuff like that like all of it is in his own head and I, I that that's what this sort of harkens back to for me and it's almost like they they wrote it from that perspective uh, well, and just for the Joker instead of Batman. Yeah, I'm not going to get too far into Batman stuff because there's a lot to say. Um, but in addition to some really great storylines, I'm, I'm actually, it's funny, this is not planned at all. I'm just looking at a hardcover edition of Batman Hush, uh, the 15th anniversary uh, deluxe edition. That's on my desk, but I'm not saying you should <laughs> go out and buy it. But it's one of my favorite storylines within uh, the, that universe but that's not my point my point is that there are a lot of uh kind of uh what if elseworld kind of things where you have these stories of what if batman was a vampire what if uh batman was the villain and joker was the hero what if all of this is in batman's head and he's he's a psychiatrist at arkham asylum and he's kind of going crazy himself and imagining these things like a lot of these things that one might be just a fan theory but it also could just be someone talking about one of these little uh one-offs where they just tell these you know what if this was the way the story worked and there's a bunch of them that are fascinating and uh and so those can be kind of fun and cool to explore but again <sighs> I mean, I'll, I'll give it this credit. I'll give it, because i got to give it a little credit outside of just um, uh, Hilder and her amazing score. I will say that it, psychologically speaking, if any of this happened, that this would be an interesting approach to the development of Bruce Wayne as Batman. That, that revisiting that idea that, that, that Batman didn't literally create the Joker, but that the Joker was influential in creating the Batman, if not a direct thing. Like, you know, so like that, at least that part of the the, the mythos that is not, you know, my, I mean, probably not one of the least favorite things about the movie overall, but at least that part of it, it's like, okay, th this, this connection that they have throughout comics and, and, and movies and all around, like, 
I like to see an aspect of that in the origin story that at first I was like that age discrepancy was like, you know, can you, can you see this little, you know, kid becoming Batman and then this version of the Joker being in his sixties and like, like, okay, maybe. Um, but yeah, so like exploring, uh, that aspect of what that, you know, kind of connection might do with, um, within this realm okay that's something that's not the worst thing ever to you know kind of play with in your head and try to think about yeah and i don't know i mean we, we could go on and on about side stories and, and fan <laughs> theories and, and different ideas of how this could have played out or how other elements could play out on the whole the, this was fine i <laughs> i don't know that i will I don't know that I will have the same sort of affinity for this that I do for let we'll just say Batman uh the the original Michael Keaton Batman 89, 89 yeah. Uh I I don't know that 30 years on I will have that same affinity. I do I doubt that I will. Uh and I I don't even know that people who we'll say people who are younger than we are people who are let's say 18 19 20 will look back on joker with any sort of real fondness uh in in 30 years and say oh yeah you know that was uh that that was something that was pretty groundbreaking stuff i just don't see that happening i don't see this being the modern classic that it probably hopes it would be yeah, I agree completely. When we shift gears to that final commentary on is this is this fit the mold of movies that we, you know, turn back and look and see, did it hold up over time? How did it work? I can't answer for other people. I can't say if people who loved it now aren't going to love it then. But I can tell you, the chance of me ever watching this again is just about zero. I mean, I can't imagine a world in which I'd want to to bother. And that, again, doesn't mean there weren't good aspects to it and there wasn't some some good promise and, and things like that, but it just it, it didn't deliver as a whole. And it certainly uh, is not something that is going to be uh, some memorable, you know, lovable movie where I'm just like, wow, what an emotional, great, perfect experience. And I don't mean because it was happy and great, but just like, just traveling down that path i can't even imagine i'm not thinking it now i don't think another 5 10 or 20 years is going to make me feel more <laughs> fond about it but you could take you know the 89 batman that you brought up and i still for all of its imperfections i love it i mean we haven't watched it on the show and you know maybe we can but i mean i did did that little batman returns thing for christmas but like with with batman in that movie like I still have, there's so much to it that just creates that feeling of nostalgia and like all the positive connections and things that we've talked about. And I can't see in this movie any trigger points that make me care enough to even want to bother try to ever rewatch this unless it was like some very specific purpose that was beyond just my enjoyment. No, and and same here. And I, I think even even to go beyond that, I can't see myself watching this again strictly from a personal mental health perspective. Like yeah. this movie at the end of the day was fucking depressing to watch. And like, I, I get it. Like that's, that's what it's, one of the things that's supposed to drum up. But like, I have my own shit that I deal with. I don't need to deal with Arthur, Arthur Fleck shit too. 
Yeah. And and that was especially like the first first hour, hour and a half of this movie was just like fuck, do I have to watch this whole thing? Because it's yeah. tough. And like, I mean, I'm getting into the end of act two and I'm like, Jesus Christ, can we please not? I mean, like, until this is, like watching this dude fucking hate on himself or, 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 or get hated on and, and get the shit beat out of him and, you know, being taken advantage of and his lack of confidence and his, uh, his, his trouble connecting with other people. Like, it's just so fucking difficult to sit through. Yeah. I mean, it's it as if you know, even without the the, the ending screwing things up, uh, the everything you have to endure watching this. Yeah, it, it's difficult to just kind of be subjected to, and it's so heavy and it's just so relentless, and it's just yeah, it's just difficult to be in that space. And I mean, the one another little bright spot, I guess, is just when you have the end that you know right before the end that may or may not have happened, and you know the the fires and the, the the looting and the cheering and and everything going on with him being celebrated like at least in that moment i felt there was just a little bit of honesty reflected in a lot of our current culture and like that idea of people just say how do we get here how are we at the place where this is our president and this is happening and people are dying and all these things how did we get here and it's like well i think a lot of that goes back to people who feel like they're not heard they're not heard they're not felt they're not appreciated that they're screwed over by the man that they have you know that no one cares about them or their family or their financial well-beings that every you know like and so like this is more about mental illness than it is about class but like it, it's still it's in that same there's a lot of, of class tone well in yeah this, oh 100 percent 100 percent it definitely tells that story very well i think yeah in for, fact for, that's, for that's everywhere better. that it lacks <laughs> Yeah. It definitely tells the 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 story of the strife of Gotham City. I think is the much better story here, and yeah. probably something that I would have loved to have spent more 100%, time in. One hundred percent, one hundred percent, and that's just one more area where there was potential and there was some good stuff going on, but they didn't get there because they were too distracted by what they thought they wanted and what they were presenting. And so, yeah, I mean, the the class stuff is there, and it should have been a little more front and center. And that reflected in society and what we see now, which, I mean, to me, one of the reasons why I think Parasite won rightfully so with the, the Oscar Best Pictures, what it was able to tell in their story about about class. And, and this just didn't have the chops. It couldn't handle up to that kind of pressure. It just hinted oh. at it and had some great looking shots and some great setup and some great ideas. And it just all kind of fell apart. No, this was a much more shallow movie. I think that the there was a, a lot of depth to Parasite that the, yeah. that we just didn't get in Joker, and I'm uh, it, it sucks because this had the potential to be a great movie, uh, but it just you know it fell short for me. Yep, yeah. I mean, final verdict. I just say it's it's by far not the worst movie I've ever seen because there were a lot of really good elements, some even great elements, but because of how it didn't come together the disappointment even i had no expectations for this movie i didn't even really want to see it that much and now we're just getting around to it now obviously i would have already seen it a year ago if i cared but like i had no expectations and yet somehow i was a little disappointed yeah pretty much the the same there <laughs> uh so i'm 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 gonna say arthur fleck is not our favorite joker Who who is your favorite joker how dare you? How dare I indeed? <laughs> okay. No, it's it's an it's a simple answer. It's Mark Hamill. 
Fuck, man, that's such a good answer because it, it's it, yeah, it's a for like for me, it's a toss up between Mark Hamill and Jack Nicholson. They're uh, great with and, with Heath Ledger coming yeah. up in a very close third. Like that, that's a very tight race, I think. I mean, I think most of our audience is going to say Jared Leto, but no, Jared Leto's. <laughs> that, that, he he in and of himself was tough to watch in that role and i i i think that arthur fleck you know uh joaquin phoenix's joker is better but yeah but it's, like, it's hard to compare apples to you know apples to bad movies <laughs> I, I think the thing with jack nicholson is that he's very much jack nicholson and i loved his portrayal it was a lot of fun i still enjoy it to this day but as far as acting goes and as far, it just feels like maybe jack nicholson is a deranged serial killer who finally got to just pretend it was acting and he just got <laughs> to be himself but um but then Heath Ledger, I mean, I, I cannot argue about people who think his performance in that role was legendary. It's great. It's perfectly fine. In fact, it really is the high point of that movie to me. I'm not as huge of a fan of The Dark Knight as many, many people are. Um, but yeah, Mark Hamill, just the, especially with all the handcuffs, you know, being placed on him uh, to portray this role in an animated version where so much of it was restricted for so many years on content and what could and couldn't be said or done like he still was both gleeful and fun and enjoyable but very dangerous and sociopathic and horrible like just yeah. what a brilliant mixture so yeah he's my pick yeah he's he is a wonderful wonderful joker so, so I'll, I'll do one last question then we can wrap up so we have uh the batman coming out i think next year or the year after with uh robert pattinson as yeah as the batman uh hopes for a joker hopes for who would play a joker hopes for no joke anything anything good coming out of this film especially when we've had so many sort of false starts with with batman in the last i don't know 15 20 years this is it i will tell you exactly what my thoughts are here i have zero problem with the cast because no, the, the cast is solid well, no, no, it doesn't, meaning, I'm sorry, I phrased that wrong. I should say, I don't care who the cast is, because what <laughs> okay. I've come, and like, and a lot of it is like, ooh, look at our impressive cast. Yeah, absolutely. You have a lot of really great actors in there, and actresses and stuff. Wonderful. All I care about in regards to whether or not this will end up being any good, um, and it's being, you know, co-written by Matt Reeves, and so uh, like it gives me just a little bit of hope and directed by Matt Reeves. We'll see, but it's like, is this going to be a well-written movie? That's it. Like, if it's not, it's going to suck and be a disappointment, and I don't care what it looks like and how greedy it is and how fun it is, how different it is. It doesn't matter. It has to be a great story, and I am I have no reason to believe it will be. Like, they have to prove themselves to me. Like, uh, we, we will see. Like, could it be good? Yeah, I feel fairly, fairly confident that it might be okay. Um, will it be really great? I have, there's nothing in me that wants to like go out on a limb and, and stand up to the, for this movie and say, yeah, it'll end up being great. I have no confidence there. Do Do you think that they have the wherewithal to maybe learn from the mistakes of the Joker and say, all right, we need to sort of re revisit the source material and really like make this a, a, a proper, uh, fan sort of fan love film well i think 
and again, this is just my my impression from the perspective of of Matt Reeves, who I think has done some impressive, you know, movies, has some, you know, he has some very strong instincts that, you know, I enjoy what he's done. Like, I feel that going into this, that I'm hopeful he'll be able to kind of step away and try to just create his own spin on this universe and, and these stories and these characters and, and maybe learn from every other role, good or bad, every other movie, every other performance, you know, maybe learn from it, not necessarily be inspired or, you know, anything like that. But, you know, just take from it and say, here's the reasons these fell apart. And I want to just be careful thematically to, to not focus only on the grit and forget to tell a good story or like only right. focus on, you know, one character element of Batman about how maybe he's deranged. And like, then the movie becomes all about how twisted bad the batman really is and what a cool twist he's actually a murdering serial killer he, oh. yeah he shoots guns yeah like it's like if, if 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 it doesn't fall into those pratfalls like i feel like there's hope that there's a good story independent of other things like not ignoring the world or universe but embracing elements of it but making his own there's still so much room for a good detective story to happen within the realm of batman which I'm still dying for it. It's never happened yet, but maybe one day. <laughs> All right. That's our show, everyone. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening each and every week. And if you liked this, uh, I don't know, I guess we'll call it like the sheltered shakeup or shelter in place shakeup, whatever you want to call it. Uh, let us know. You can, uh, you can, well, John will tell you how to get a hold of us, but we might do this again sometime soon. So uh, tell us how you feel about it. If you think we should, or if you think we should, uh stick to the old movies guys you know what i mean so uh check us out each and every week you know where to find us on all the different podcast platforms uh we release new episodes every monday so stick around as we distill another favorite from our past and yeah we talked about the music for this movie and the amazingly talented hilda and the score she put together one thing she's never done is write the song destroying the evidence by semaphore who wrote that people from semaphore most likely um <laughs> if i was a real fan i would just rattle off you know the names of them who rightly you know who wrote it but oh well um the bottom line here is you got to check them out because it's a lot of fun music really great um and they've got a, a quite a bit of content out there that you could discover through a lot of different streaming services uh also please email us with your questions and comments and notes and requests and and like anthony said anything about this that you're just like well, that was an interesting twist. Uh, I wouldn't mind getting a little bit more of that on my plate during this shelter in place. Uh, we'd be happy to listen to you guys and see what's up. Also, follow us on Facebook, the Memory Distillery, and uh, tweet at us at, uh, at TMDPod. It's also our Instagram handle. Overall, here's the bottom line. Uh, things are rough right now. There's no denying that. Uh, Anthony and I are doing this show. We we find somehow that we still have the, the energy and motivation to come together and, and just have fun with this. It's like almost a, a relief to have this consistency for us uh, and to just enjoy ourselves. We hope you guys are getting just a bit of that as well. Um, so we're kind of at your beck and call. What do you want? We want to kind of find a way to create a path to some sort of uh, lightness in all this dark uh, that's a bit heavy. So, of course, we do Joker, which is the lightest, most... Uh, super lighthearted, super su super fun movie. I, I, I had a smile on my face the whole time. <laughs> uh, no, John's right, though. Uh, you know, 
we're we this is the bright spot of our week is doing this show and doing it uh not not just for you guys but for ourselves but we we want to make a show that you guys want to listen to so if there's something that you want to hear us do if there's a movie that you want to hear us do if there's a, a topic you want us to tackle within the the greater sort of film realm uh let us know hit us up on all those spots that john mentioned just a minute ago and uh you know let us let us entertain you for an hour a week so thank you all for being there with us through everything it's been a pleasure and thank you for listening i'm john deck i'm anthony veneri and this has been the memory distillery stay Stay classy classy. gotham Gotham City. city